Hello and welcome to episode 13 of the Body Clinic Radio podcast. Today, I have a special guest with me, Jen. Welcome to the podcast. Hi, thanks for having me. How's it going? Great. Currently sat in Nicaragua in Central America. Right. First off, I'm so glad you said that because you told me where you're staying and I was like, (laughs) I can't say that. So, right. Let's explain. Where are you right now? In Central America. You have Mexico, then Guatemala, El Salvador, and Honduras, and below that you've got Nicaragua. So that's just above Costa Rica. That's where you are. That is where I am. I right did pra- I did practice saying that a couple of times. I didn't do it on very well, so I thought I'd leave it to you. So <laughs> thanks for picking that up. I really appreciate it. You are welcome. <laughs> How's it all going? Yeah, it's great. We're actually wrapping up here in Central America. I've been in the region for about seven months. Seven um, months. But wrapping up. Yeah, in kind of working down from Mexico south through all of the previously listed countries. Um, But it's hitting rainy season over here now. So we're getting out, heading to Dallas for a couple of weeks to see family and friends and then back to London. That sounds for a couple of weeks to see family and friends. That sounds pretty cool. Um, to be honest, I don't, I don't feel sorry for you in the slightest that it's becoming rainy season. It's currently May, <laughs> May in the UK, and I think it, it's now actually known as monsoon season over here this time of year. Yeah, I actually have heard it's rained <laughs> a lot and it's been really cold. It's been an absolute joke. Like this time of last year. Um, like people were in gardens, like having barbecues. Obviously, it was more lockdown was a little bit more crazy then, but we had really nice weather. At the minute, it's absolutely horrendous. <laughs> Yeah, that's like so unusual for May though. Usually so, the weather is picked up by then. So what's the uh, temperature like right now where you are? Uh, about 35. Nice. Very nice. Yeah. Can you, <laughs> so right now I'm, I'm in my office and I can see my driveway. What can you see? Uh-huh. The ocean. <laughs> Brilliant. View, well, yeah, le- at well, least, least people can take some positivity that someone is in a hot country and then can currently <laughs> see a beach. Can you see a beach and water from where you are? Yeah, yeah. Got the people surfing, the ocean, mountains all around, monkeys and trees. You hear them at night. Living the dream. Living the dream. Um, Okay, so thanks for coming on the podcast. I really appreciate it. Um, Now, we're going to talk all about Jen and her journey so far. So you've been training for a long time now, right? Yeah, probably since uh, 2016. Okay. For like five years, six years, something like that. And you got pretty heavily into your fitness, didn't you? I did. So I started off just body weight, home stuff for a couple of years and then started getting into the gym. And then by 2018, that's when I was at my most serious and training with you. Yep. A couple of times a week, several times a week, four times a week, something like that. Um, that was quite the peak of my fitness and strength. Um, diet was on point. Training was obviously on point, thanks to you. Yeah. Um, I think I think you're currently being a little bit modest. So you went from <laughs> sort of doing doing bits at home, then you joined a gym, and then you started really seriously getting into training. Then you were at a local gym, another gym, weren't you? Then you come to Body Clinic. Um, yeah. And then you'd already done a photo shoot when you come to the gym, right? My gym? Yes. Yeah. So right. you got like photo shoot ready. Um, and yeah. then, then you come to the gym and start doing some stuff with me because then you had another photo shoot. That was right. Yes. Yes. Yeah, which we did in the gym. Yeah. So, yeah, we did it body clinic. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, where you said it, you, you started getting into it, 
yeah, you were pretty heavily involved. You were training sometimes five, six times a week. Um, she was training yeah. with me a couple of times a week, and then you're doing you're doing your cardio, plenty of hit resistance training. So yeah, at one point you were fl- flat out with your training. Yeah, completely flat out. Yes, that was the leanest I had been. Do you know what? When... Can you remember what body fat percentage you were then? Yeah, I was just trying to remember because you checked my body fat several times, and I'm pretty sure that the leanest I was was like thirteen and a half percent. That is outrageous. That is unbelievable. Because, yeah, yeah, I remember I was... when I was sending you your next nutrition plan, I was like, look, this is going to be really difficult. <laughs> <laughs> and, yeah, when you came in for your shoot, you well, you looked great, but you just were not in the best mood. <laughs> well, yeah, probably a few too many London nights and uh, tough nutrition plan. Yeah, yeah. Um, and also, um, as well, you, yeah, I was kind of tired. <laughs> you, you were doing that and, let's not forget, and working as well. Yeah, full-time job, yeah. financial advising in London at the time, commuting from Kent. So full-on days. Yeah, so you're having all that, and then you were doing because some nights when you, uh, even when you weren't training with me, you were getting get to the gym at like just before eight. Yeah, so it was a yeah. long, long day, right? Long day, just long before day. you guys closed. Yeah. Whoever was there was always very happy when I turned up. I, I remember sometimes those tips saying, oh, Jen's turned up. I was like, mate, you got to keep, you got to stay open. <laughs> <laughs> but no, it was good. Um, it was like it was good fun for me because I'd, I'd never really pre- prepped anyone for a photo shoot before. So um, obviously it was really enjoyable on my part. Also, it was cool having the shoot in the gym. Um, well, luckily we could close it um, because I think a co- yeah. couple of the members might have been a bit um, surprised with what was going on. <laughs> especially, yeah. especially with all the. Um, I didn't realize how many. Um, obviously like lights and stuff he'd bring in the gym like it made the gym look well good <laughs> it did the gym did come out really well in the photos <laughs> yeah it did, did look really good i used quite a lot of them images okay so obviously at the minute it's hard for you to train right where you are really hard so i've gone from having full gym access consistency in training and diet to never knowing where i'm going to be every two three nights and very, very rarely having access to any form of weight or gym. See, that would cause, that caused me anxiety. I couldn't I could get a weight or some sort of exercise resistance machine near me. It does. It still causes me anxiety massively. Um, but I've kind of adapted as yeah. much as I can. I still try and train like every other day, but it's just body weight and resistance bands for like 95% of the time now. So... Um... I know obviously you're traveling at the minute, but didn't you were sort of training like mad, but then you got a bit of an injury, didn't you? Is that right? I did. So after I moved to London, it's a very uncool story. I just <laughs> slipped down the one step that was in my flat carrying my laptop and to avoid spilling water on the laptop, I ended up completely throwing my back out um, and was then unable to train for like six months other than like very, very light body weight stuff. Yeah. But did, um, you started seeing a physio though, didn't you, to try and work on rehab and treatment and stuff? I did, yeah. Uh, saw Lewis in Covent Garden for like a year, actually. Yeah, it was Yeah, um, it was mad, actually. Um, you were It's like you were there forever because I remember you saying, oh, my injury's like this, this is the proof. But Lewis is awesome as well. Um, he's really great, yeah. So it's it good to um, get in and get some treatment. But was it 
was it a tough recovery? Was it pretty easy or was it pretty painful? How, how bad was it? It wasn't painful as such, but it was tough in that I couldn't train when I was so used to training. And that then meant my motivation to stay on track with my diet slipped as well. Yeah. So uh, my dedication to training definitely declined steeply. And my dedication to London pubs increased significantly. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, love, so, I love the honesty. Um, <laughs> but, yeah. but that's actually a, a really good point, actually, that you've touched on there. Like, this happens so much. Like, people, even when, when people sort of come come to a gym and say, okay, right, um, I really want to get started on, on, on my health and fitness. I was at this level, but then I sustained an injury. And then, yeah, they did, did the rehab, but then they just get into the habit of not training and not looking after their nutrition. And it sort of spirals into just being a little bit lazy, just doing the bare minimal and then also losing the losing the love or or the routine, if you like, for getting in the gym, getting the sessions done, working on your health. Yeah, fully. And I think part of my motivation actually declined once I full time moved to London anyway, because the gym's in London just aren't what I was used to and what I like. Like yeah. I enjoy like the body clinic style gym and not the uh huge chain gyms like fitness first, which is where I trained in yeah. London. Um it's a very different environment and I don't find it as conducive to training. Yeah. Just what just because the volume of people in there or because they sort of try and fit so much equipment in a small space. What, what, what do you mean? It's both really, yeah. um, because at the times I trained, I'd leave work and then go and train along with the rest of London. Um, <laughs> yeah. So you have thousands of people willing to go train and the equipment is just so crammed in next to each other. Um, it's just not really an enjoyable training session. Yeah. And there's, you just have to wait for a long time to use what you need to use. And I don't know, I lost a lot of motivation with that as well. So it's hard to pick it back up again, even once I could. Yeah, it's it's nuts how obviously now COVID and stuff. It's crazy how you think back because I used to work one day a week with clients in a uh, gym in London, and if you look back now, you think gee, like the amount of people that used to be crammed in a gym in a small confined space is just crazy. Um, yeah, it's, it's life all... pre-COVID. <laughs> yeah, life pre-COVID. <laughs> um, yeah, and, and yeah, even sometimes when it was later on, luck. Well, luckily I had early clients and I'd sort of head off. As soon as it was clicking into like five six, the gym would just be rammed, and I'd be so pleased that I'm like I'm going. Um, yeah. Because even even if I had a PT client in a gym like that, it would be like oh god, like I need this squat rack. It's it's they're, they're all full. It's like what are we gonna do here? Um, yeah. So yeah, I hear you on that one. So um um okay, so going back to where we were sort of comparing it to sort of how you're traveling now i know when we were training obviously i had you on a nutrition plan um at which was pretty strict at one point um it was also not too bad let's let's give me some credit it wasn't too bad because i like uh in all honesty i like the plain foods i quite like chicken rice veg (laughs) with some (laughs) with a little bit of sauce um but no but so uh, at one point you were literally weighing everything because we had to right so but obviously how is that compared to now Obviously, I know you're traveling, moving around a lot, probably eating loads of nice food. Yeah, it's uh, different because, like you say, I did used to weigh everything and input everything to my fitness pal and 
adjust everything based on my daily activity um, to make sure I was eating correctly. That did mostly stop during my time in London. Yeah. And my diet was not very good. Um, but now I am extremely motivated to eat not as strictly as I was before with weighing everything um, and tracking everything. But the motivation's there, but literally the ability isn't. Um, it's very, very difficult, particularly in this region of the world, to eat what I would deem as being healthy and well-balanced because most of the foods just revolve around uh, tortilla wrap and fried plantains. <laughs> it's, um, I'm finding it very, very difficult to get my micros in. Yeah, yeah. Carbs is uh, more than easy to get in, but protein as well can be a little difficult because portions of meat are rather small right okay um, so so like you say yeah the nutrition is definitely tough <laughs> yeah so in comparison being sort of obviously i know you're traveling but it's hard to get the sort of healthy food that you want um and and also yeah. the, the variety you want right yeah it's not, i mean all the food over here is super fresh like it's all grown on the trees and out the ground uh, around when you're eating it so it's not that it's uh, processed and unhealthy. It's just the lack of variety means you're not really getting everything I'm personally used to, including in my diet. Yeah. Um, so that's been a bit of a adaptation, I suppose, a bit of a struggle, but we're, we're getting there. Getting there. Okay, so in, in terms of your sort of training yourself, now you're sort of back, back fit and healthy with your back. Do you sort of feel now, obviously, because you're – a bit limited with your nutrition you have to train or work out a little bit harder or how is it because obviously you're also restricting on equipment out there right i am very restricted on equipment it's just me and my resistance bands for 95 percent of my workouts um if i'm in a place more than three days i do try and find a gym yeah and um, to at least get a, a session or two in, in the gym but then i'm so unused to using weights that i can't go heavy anyway otherwise i'd just be completely ridden off for days but yeah i mean i try and train consistently every other day yeah to have some form of routine um but i suppose in general i'm much more active in this lifestyle whereas i used to sit at a desk for eight hours a day in london um i'm now out hiking up volcanoes or whatever it is we happen to be doing that day yeah um so i am managing to keep active in other ways that aren't available to you uh in a usual nine to five lifestyle yeah. which takes some of the pressure off so your step count is probably through the roof then compared to say most people that are struggling to hit like ten thousand a day at points i was very routine as well with my steps in london and that's something that i haven't lost i don't like to not hit ten thousand steps a day but actually regularly we hit like twenty thousand. that's um, awesome just like walking around um and it's not usually the flat steps that i'm used to so it's much tougher yeah lots of hills and poor road qualities um yeah that's that's a bonus of this kind of lifestyle for fitness yeah, well, not only are you getting steps in, you're getting a pretty awesome view wherever you are, I suppose. Most of the time, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Not, not all the time, though. Uh, if that makes you feel better, yeah, not all of the time. 
Yeah, it does actually. Um, okay, so obviously I know you're travelling. Uh, how long have you been away for now? Um, I left London on the 4th of Feb 2020, so like 15 months or something. It's unbelievable how you're, you managed to get away and you've been travelling all through COVID when everyone else has been stuck at home. Yeah, I think very, very some, pe- some people on, some people listening to this might actually hate you for that. <laughs> <laughs> you might. <laughs> so, uh, how many uh, how many countries and things um, have you visited during sort of the time your time away? Um, I think we're up to like sixteen countries now. That's um, cool. They've been a little all over the place. Uh, because of COVID, so we started off in Thailand, but Southeast Asia is very firmly closed. Yeah. Um, so done a little bit of Europe last summer, and um, because that was open, like Eastern Europe, so Serbia and Kosovo, Croatia. Spent some time in Turkey. Um, lived in Dubai for a month, and then the Caribbean on the island of St. Martin and then pretty much Central America since then. Um, although we did also do three months in Dallas initially from March through to June when COVID first hit and the world was completely closed. Yeah, yeah. So you you were restricted then, you couldn't go nowhere? No, no, there was barely any flights. Um, and then my Esther ran out. So we managed to get out of the States the day before um, up to Serbia, which was opened by that point. Perfect. Um, so obviously, I know you've been all around in different places. So have you met? So in, in all those places, you've managed to stay active. You're still doing similar things like hit workouts, body workouts, things like that. Yeah, in all of these places of um, Dubai, joined gym for the whole month because we just lived uh, normally in an apartment, so I had access to a gym. But everywhere else, it's been the same. Uh, kind of joining yoga classes with people. Uh, if they're offered, such as in this place that I'm currently in. Um, And I've found it's a common struggle amongst travellers that often actually comes up in conversation, how to stay fit whilst being on the road. Um, Because a lot of people are used to hitting the gym two or three times a week at least in their home countries, but whilst travelling, it just completely throws everything off and ended up having quite a few discussions with people um, and giving advice on what they could try if they'd like to remain fit whilst travelling. Yeah, yeah. Um, I suppose that is also that is a sort of a big point as well to the thing is so many people these days want to go travelling, more, more so now due to COVID <laughs> and stuff. Like people are going to want to travel, um, visit a lot more places and literally just pack a bag and go. Um but yeah, that, that's such an important thing. Like, so it's okay traveling around, trying all these lovely foods, but then you still want to, you still want to be fit, you still want to be healthy. You don't want to go away for six months and come back and be a complete mess. Like, you you, you want to still look after yourself. You want to also be able to eat well, but also be intelligent about what you're eating. So, like, obviously, it's important to stay healthy while you're traveling. You don't want to get sick, so it's it's important you're putting the right fuel into your body. Um, so what have you sort of learned in that respect in regards to, say, nutritional intake and your exercise? Is it is it something that you've sort of improved as as you've been sort of travelling to different places? Yeah, it's um, every place you go to, that's a new struggle. So, for instance, the month in Turkey, you're 
food intake is mostly kebabs and yep. salad. That sounds um, perfect to me. Which I actually <laughs> love. Um, just salad and meat and rice because that much more closely matched what I was used to eating. Um, but in this particular area of the world, Central America, it's taken me much, much longer to find some kind of balance because the foods are just very different to what I personally was used to working with. Um, and that's also something a lot of other travellers have commented on that you do want to go out a large part of traveling is the nightlife so you're out at bars regularly you want to try all the foods from the region um and you definitely don't have as much uh, dedication to choosing the healthy option when you are sat by the beach yeah. um and as someone says so... would you like a beer sir <laughs> <laughs> exactly it's a uh, it's yeah, definitely something a lot of travellers are struggling with, um, which over the past couple of months has led me to creating a, a plan for travellers to use, um, or with travellers at the forefront of my mind whilst creating it, just due to the different environments you're constantly working with. Um, and it being very hard to constantly come up with your own body weight program to do, or maybe this place you're staying in has a couple of dumbbells and you're not quite sure what's best to do with them. Um, but also just people that are still living normally static in one place, you don't always have time to make it to the gym. Um, and if you're following a gym program, that means the days that you'd like to work out, but can't make it there, you don't have any flexibility. Um, so over the past couple of months, that's been something I'm working on to try and help people who are in a in a more movable lifestyle, um, stay consistent with their training and nutrition. Yeah, um, I think that that sounds awesome as well, and I think that's a a very good point. Like you say, sometimes one of the hardest motivations is say if someone's like, right, okay, I do a bodyweight exercise. If they if they've got a plan, if they've got a scheduled plan to think, okay, right, I've got I've got fifteen exercises three sets, 15 reps, and it's sort of there for them, tailored for them, they're going to be so much more motivated in order to to do it because, or and even if you say, okay, you're just going to, just going to train Monday, Wednesday, Friday, and these are your workouts and they're they're varied, it's going to make it a, li- a lot more attainable to them because it's already pre-planned. They've already got it. Um, you can, you can add, you can progress and regress however they're getting on. Um, I think that's, that's an awesome idea and could, could lead to, uh, a lot of people interested in signing up because as 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 well i i understand some people were tra- will be traveling but also on a budget so then if if say it's it's, it's really expensive to get in a gym but that yet they can use an app or a software or sign up to say working with a coach but i'm sure it'll probably be a, an affordable rate for a traveler then potentially they they've got everything they need just on their smartphone yeah exactly and especially with since COVID, there's become such an emphasis on like digital nomad life. So everyone wanting to go and do their nine to five from Tulum in Mexico rather than their office desk in London or New York. So for those people who are used to having a routine like I was with full access to a gym, it's very hard to just switch and work remotely because you lose all form of routine 
Um, for me personally, I find it really important to have a plan to follow. Otherwise, I can tell myself it's time to train, but then my training session perhaps isn't quite as uh, good yeah. or productive as it would be when I have a plan to follow. Yeah, and, um, like, and like if you had a scheduled like, day to train, for example. Yeah, exactly. And it's hard as well, even if you get a bit of motivation, you work out some form of rhythm and routine to do with whatever you have available, if that's just two or three sets of dumbbells, and then you move pace again and suddenly you're back to body weight. It's it's definitely tough to adapt constantly uh, to a new environment. So uh, I've found that creating a plan that I can adapt very easily to match body weight resistance bands and dumbbells um, and then one step further for the times that I have the gym has been um, a large part of me regaining my motivation and reaching a point that I'm actually pretty happy with at the moment. Yeah, no, that's that's awesome. And and like I say, if when people are traveling, they just want to enjoy traveling, right? They just want to enjoy the place, enjoy the food. But yet if they've got if they, if they've got a coach that they're working with um, and they can say, look, okay, I've got no, I've got no equipment this week, then you can tailor it to exactly what they need. Or if they say, okay, yeah, I've actually got access to a gym this week. So then it's literally done for them. So then they can enjoy their time um, wherever they are, but then they've also got their structure of their training. Uh, and then you can yeah. may- maybe send them little nudges about how many calories are in certain cocktails in Jamaica. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. And that's uh, that's the one, the tracking of calories for food is impossible out here because everything is hand homemade yeah uh, there's no label telling you what's in it but the most commonly consumed items of like beers and pina coladas they definitely have a a fairly well-known calorific value and it's not a not a good one i mean so... a beer and a pina colada on the beach i mean that's good calories you might as well just invest <laughs> you might as well just invest if they're the calories on offer do you know what i mean <laughs> I mean, hundred percent. Don't get me wrong. But then uh, you'd so certainly have to put invest. a training. You'd certainly have to put a training session in the next day, though. Exactly. Yeah, it's, it's just all about balance. And I think the other thing I've really realised over the past fifteen, sixteen months of travelling is previously my uh, basically sole motivation was the physical side of things, how I looked, and reaching a certain state. Uh, that I determined I wanted to look like. But now I'm really realising that there's so much more to fitness, and particularly whilst travelling, because if you're not in, not a peak state, but even like a, a relatively good state, there's just so many activities that aren't available to you, such as hiking volcanoes that are like near vertical at the end and like overnight hikes and surfing and diving and just all of these things that require at least a base level of cardio ability and strength yeah no that's um i love that yeah that's uh, to be honest i didn't even think about that but of course yeah if you're you need to you need to be in good shape in order to to do half the things you want to do right if if if, if there's a trip up a volcano and you can't get up it it's like you don't you don't really want to miss miss that um and yeah it's you also it's don't, definitely a huge aspect of that. And you also don't want to be able to get up it and not come back and not be able to get back down. <laughs> and honestly, I struggle with the down far more than I struggle with the up. <laughs> Apparently, I have very bad balance for coming downhill. But it, um, it's actually something that even tour companies will 
uh, include on the information regarding a lot of things like you require a base level of fitness to partake in this activity. Um, and when you're discussing activities that people have done with other travellers, a lot of people will say like, yeah, like if, if you're not really able to walk for like more than two hours, then probably wouldn't recommend you doing it and stuff. So it, your physical condition will definitely affect the time you have whilst travelling or even at home, you know, if you're wanting to do things on the weekend and have kids and you take your kids out and play or whatever, if your physical abilities aren't quite up to scratch, it can really inhibit what you can do. Yeah, yeah, that's true. So regarding this um, sort of this idea and this sort of programme you've been building, is it is it, say, something that you would try and work with the, the, the client, say, before they went? So you try and get a base level of their fitness before they go travelling, if, say, they've got some big trips planned, hikes, etc. Would you sort of, how would you work that? Yeah, I guess um, for people that know they're planning a big trip and the types of things they want to do under a bespoke plan, it would be completely possible to build up fitness with a particular activity in mind, whether that be surfing or hiking um, or whatever it is you're going to do, um, and then continue the programme once you're in the location that you're travelling to, but adapt it to what you have available to you at that point um but i'd also like to just have a standard plan that has four variations to it um like a 12-week plan that people can purchase and just have constant access to via an app um that will keep them training wherever they are that sounds awesome Okay, awesome. So that um, that sounds pretty exciting, actually. Um, It's great to hear all about that. So currently, um, on your plan or on your schedule, where are you off to next? What's what's next on your list? Um, I mean, we're heading to Dallas next week uh, for the friends and family, then London. And then as of early July, actually, no idea at the moment. Um, Kind of mulling around the idea of Africa, uh, places like Tanzania, um, Zambia for safari type stuff, or Indonesia um, under uh, the current rules anyway. But I think they're thinking of changing things, so potentially not. But yeah, fairly open-ended at the moment, but very much looking forward to the time in London because it's been since September that I was there. Well, uh, you haven't missed much because no one's been allowed to go in. Uh, <laughs> hopefully when you get here, I went up the other week um, and it was actually really nice. I had a couple of drinks outside. Um, but hopefully yeah. when you get here, the, the weather will be a little bit better. <laughs> well, I'm hoping so, by like mid-June. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what's going on. It's, it's, it's so bad at the minute. Um, so, okay, so... You're going to continue. So obviously, I know you're coming back to sunny London. How much longer do you think you're going to be travelling for, or is it going to be indefinitely? Like, what's the plan? Uh, really, is no plan. It's basically just indefinitely. Um, definitely going much slower than we thought it would. I think we're too old to do like two nights here, two nights here, two nights here. Yeah. That gets very, very tiring very quickly. Yeah. Um, we're kind of spending more, much more time in places than we thought we would, which means the world lap is taking longer. Yeah. 
air than planned, but and also COVID, this right? Is actually a much COVID way. must have had an effect on the speed of that. Uh, definitely on the locations that we've been to so far, because we assumed we'd have Southeast Asia done, um, and not quite sure what else, but we've ended up just kind of jumping around the planet a bit last year yeah. for open countries that had good weather that would let an English and American passport in. So we are not the most favourable passports to be trying to enter a lot of countries right now, even if we haven't been in our countries. <laughs> oh, okay. Um, so regarding, say if someone is, forget COVID, right? Say if someone is travelling or is looking to travel, what what would be your top top five tips for someone that, who is who is going to be travelling? Um, I think, honestly, it depends what type of travelling you're looking to do. If you're younger and looking to do the typical kind of gap year thing, um, you must have met you must you must have met some gap year people, surely. I have only last week a group of maybe 12, 18, 19 year old lads from Winchester. No way. Who, who were a great reminder of home. <laughs> <laughs> Twelve of them <laughs> travelling together. Yeah, there's tons of them, uh, all from a, yeah, a private school. Winchester way cool um they were pretty funny but yeah if you're looking for the kind of gap year type thing and the more budget-friendly countries such as Central America and Southeast Asia would be um where I would looking heading to yeah um if you're looking for active outdoor things to do like volcanoes and hiking Central America is actually great for that too um and parts of Europe, kind of Austria, Switzerland, may um, lots lots of outdoor activities there. Um, but I think picking the region based on what type of travelling you're looking at doing. Yeah. Um, definitely do your research first. Um, make sure you have all your injections. Yeah. Uh, not being the COVID one and like the yellow <laughs> fever and uh, the standard ones that have always been around but there's some countries that actually won't let you in if you can't prove you've had uh, certain injections such as the other fever um i think if you're on a time frame so if you have like three or four months that you set aside to go and travel time management to get through everything you want to get through um, and definitely budget management but there's a lot of places that end up just having a bit of a pull about them and you end up staying much longer than you thought. But if you are on a, a timeline and still want to get through as much as you initially planned, time management was definitely a key factor to consider. Awesome. Um, I think yeah. I think you've actually reeled off about eight tips there, so that's good. <laughs> I, I thought you'd say something simple like, yeah, travel light, uh, have a phone charger. Oh well, yeah, those things too. <laughs> <laughs> make sure, you, make sure you have credit on your phone. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, oh, that actually, that's a major one that most parts of the world, oh, not most parts, parts that you travel to, Wi-Fi and signal access is just really not there. Yeah. I've so spent... to be honest with everyone, we've been trying to do this podcast. How long have we trying to do this podcast for? Three months. A little while. Yeah. And no, I was, and we're yeah, like, maybe discussed it. <laughs> how's how's yeah. the internet connection? You're like, no, too too weak. <laughs> yeah, honestly, sometimes in some places it can take like ten minutes for a simple WhatsApp message to send, and that's if you're lucky. 
Yeah. Otherwise, it's just zero bars showing and <laughs> will not send. Yeah, that's definitely something to consider. No, honestly, it's it's really tough with the signal and like trying to online work in some places. But yeah, I think that's something that yeah. people would people that go traveling would struggle with, right? They're so used to just instant messages, bang, bang, bang. Um, but I suppose when you're traveling, it's just not like that, right? It's definitely not like that. I think um, a lot of travelers buy SIM cards in every country they go to. So perhaps the signal is slightly better. Um, I'm on an American Google plan that just works everywhere in the world and it's supposed to find the best connection. But even this, like it struggles. So perhaps a actual country SIM card might work a little better, but uh, I do doubt it. Yeah. Now I work in Bahrain a fair bit and I have a Bahraini SIM and it is um, like unbelievable that 4G and 5G I get compared to my UK is far better. So uh, that is something I do do agree with on that. Mm, yeah. Yeah, it's an important one. And yeah, pack, pack light because you have to carry your stuff everywhere you go. So pack pack as light as you can. Yeah, which was not my method before. <laughs> Bring a change of clothes to the gym in case I felt like an outfit too. <laughs> <laughs> oh okay well um this has been awesome actually i've really enjoyed it thanks for coming on jen um uh, oh yeah one more thing if people want to find you um and follow your fitness page etc how do they do that uh instagram is really the best one uh, it's at jenac.93 and um, for fitness related things and for travel related things it's at underscore nomad life um at the moment, I probably post more on the travel than I do on the fitness, yeah. to be honest. Well, that makes sense. Um, but yeah, any questions regarding either subject, Instagram would be the best way. Awesome. Okay, well, uh, thanks for your time today, Jen. I've really enjoyed it. Um, we'll maybe get another podcast booked in soon uh, when you've obviously got a reasonable amount of Wi-Fi. Yeah, perfect. Sounds great. <laughs> so I really appreciate having you on the podcast and speak soon. Yeah, thanks for having me.